Hey everyone, welcome to today's devotional. I wanted to discuss a little bit about emotions just because I spent a lot of time studying this and thinking about it as I was preparing to lead a session this past weekend for the women's conference. So this is just a little synopsis of some of the things I brought up. So some of you may already have heard it, but I assume that most of you have not. I think it's an important topic because we were created to be emotional beings. Um, even Jesus felt emotions. He felt sadness. He felt anger. He felt overwhelmed. Um, so this is important. Having and feeling emotions is not a sin, even when they're negative emotions. What we do with those emotions and how we react depends on, um, you know, that is, that is, is, is the difference between Christians and non-Christians is when we have the Holy Spirit, we're going to react and, or at least we should react and feel differently about things that have happened to us and our situations than, than people that don't have Christ and don't know this truth. So the definition of emotion, I wanted to read it. I think it's interesting because it says a natural instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. I think this is interesting because it says deriving from your circumstances or from your mood. Well, like I already said, having emotions, we were created that way to be emotional beings by God. So emotions themselves aren't bad, but the definition of emotion says that it derives from our circumstances, which that to me uh, doesn't coincide well with how we are instructed to live as Christians, because we know that that uh, the way that we feel and act shouldn't come from our circumstances, right? It should come from the truth that we have in God. So that, that is interesting to me with the definition there. Emotions, it's hard to pinpoint what is an emotion because is a feeling an emotion? Is a state of being, a state of mind an emotion? And I don't really have the answer for you with that. You can, you know, really think of it however you want to think of it. But some of the things people typically bring up as emotions, some of the more positive ones, the fruits of the spirit in Galatians. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. In Colossians 3.12, compassion, humility um, are also brought up. In Joshua 1.9, we uh, we're told to be strong and courageous, told not to be terrified or discouraged. So, I mean, that could be debated, like courage, for example. Is that an emotion? Some people may say, no, that's more of a character trait. So, you know, you can have a courageous person, someone who's not very courageous. But I think it also could be an emotion or a feeling or, you know, a state of mind similar to an emotion. I think of Queen Esther, um, you know, her the courage and the passion that she was feeling towards, you know, the passion she had to want to save her people is is what really changed the course of, of everything for her people because she stepped up um, and the Jews, as they were, they had the potential of being eradicated. They were not because of that passion and courage that she was feeling. And then the way that she acted because of that. So that's how I think of it. What I wanted to point out is in the Bible, the things that we are told, you know, we should feel, we shouldn't feel like we're told over and over in the Bible, especially the Israelites were told, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Well, why is fear or discouragement a, such such a bad thing? Why can't we be afraid, right? Or why are the positive emotions such such a good thing? Obviously, most of us have already experienced 
when we act in, in line with the fruit of the spirit, we have good things happen to us. When we act with the will of the flesh, a lot of times we sin or we face consequences. And I just wanted to point out how unique that is because when we are told to do something or not to do something or to feel something or not to feel a certain way, to react a certain way or not to react a certain way by God, when we are told by God or the words that Jesus spoke, how we are to feel and act, it's not just because the Bible is a big set of rules and that's what people sometimes think of it. You know, well, God doesn't know how I would feel about this situation or, well, how, you know, how do they expect me to feel? How does he expect me to feel because of this? But I want to, I want to just throw this out there that he's the creator of the world. He knows what is best for us. When we are told um, to feel or act a certain way or not to, a lot of times it's because we're going to either experience something great or something not great based on whether or not we listened to his words. I think of um, the Israelites when they left Egypt. They were, they were going to the promised land, right? And I don't know if this is exactly true, so don't quote me on this, but I, I was studying, I read on a study once that it was supposed to be like 11 days, I think, that they were actually supposed to, to go into the promised land. Uh, and it ended up being not 11 days, right? God told them, this is the land that I have for you, go and possess it. But they didn't. And why? Because of their fear. They were afraid. They sent spies to look at the land and they came back and reported this was, you know, there's tons of people. It's real. They're really, it's really scary. We'll never uh, be able to take this land from them. And so they were so afraid that they didn't take it. And because of that fear and because that they acted in line with the flesh and the fear they were experiencing instead of the courage that God told them to have, not one of them even stepped foot in the promised land ever, except for Joshua and Caleb. So our ability to control our emotions or, uh, you know, to turn on those emotions that God has encouraged us to have, it, I mean, it can change the course of everything. It is important. Um, Joyce Mayer said this, and I liked it. She said, we can have emotions, but we can't let our emotions have us. To be able to manage our emotions, we have to acknowledge that they exist, but we need to be renewing our minds through his word, learning the way that we were designed to feel, learning the ways that Jesus acted so that we know how to be more like Jesus. But reading his word invites the Holy Spirit in. If you are somebody who is a born-again Christian, that time of walking with the Lord by reading his word in prayer, that is what produces the fruits of the Spirit. I think we forget sometimes the Holy Spirit produces that fruit, right? Inviting the Holy Spirit in by reading his word, that is what causes us every day to just be clothed with, with his word, right? When we're in a situation that we're faced with that could be highly emotional or emotionally charged. When we have been walking closely with God through his word, with the Holy Spirit, we're going, we're going to be more likely to be able to have patience for that person that maybe we wouldn't have before, um, to show them kindness and humility or to be joyful despite what's happening to us. We cannot do that without God. It's just not the way of the flesh. It's not the way of the world. We need God. Daily scripture and prayer and also Christian fellowship 
with other believers is so important in being able to manage your emotions. If you just go out there and do what everybody else is doing and just hope that yours is a little bit better because you're a Christian, that's not going to work. And I wanted to bring up too, happiness is, is one of the top emotions that people think of. And I, of course, everybody wants to be happy. I want to be happy. But I want to bring up, you know, what is the actual value in, in, in happiness? Is that what life is about? Of course, we want to be happy because it's comfortable. Um, but uh, as I said earlier, when I said the definition of emotion, it's basically, you know, deter determined by your circumstance or your mood. I want to argue that that first emotion we heard from the fruits of the spirit, the verse in Galatians 5.22 is joy. I don't think joy is an emotion based on the definition because it is independent of your circumstances. Um, joy is a choice, an act of the will to want what you have, to be content inside. It is the cause of the way you act. It's not an effect or a result of what has happened to you. And that's what happiness is. It's a roller coaster. Oh, this great thing happened. I'm really happy. Um, you know, it's this euphoria. I have everything I want, but then something else happens. Oh, well, I'm not happy anymore, but that's not what joy is. Joy is knowing that we're forgiven, we're saved, and we have hope uh, of what is to come. Joy is eternal. So I want, I just, I wanted to say that as Christians, I think we should caution against making our lives just about happiness. I see this so much on social social media, you know, get rid of everybody that doesn't make you happy. Get rid of everything that doesn't make you happy. Do only what makes you happy. And as I said, there is nothing wrong with being happy at all. But I want to, I just wanted to challenge whether that is truly what the point of our lives are as Christians. Um, joy can only come from the Lord because true joy is knowing it doesn't matter what happens to me. Eternity is this long, 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 long line that goes on and on forever. And our lives here on earth are this tiny little dot on that line. And that can, I mean, that joy can only come from God because of that. So um, I wanted to just bring up really quickly, when Jesus is faced with emotionally charged situations, I got this from gotquestions.org and I love it. First of all, he asks questions. He doesn't just jump in, assume, lecture, interrupt, judge. That's what we do a lot of times. A lot of times he asks questions to make people think and reflect on what is it that I'm really saying here? And that's not to, you know, say that you should be like um, smart or condescending with everybody. But a lot of times slowing it down and getting people to think about what are, what are you really saying here? And is that what you really mean? It's helpful. He's also vague sometimes. In Luke 12, whenever they said... Uh, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide his inheritance with me. They were wanting Jesus to say, okay, you get this much money, you get this much money. But Jesus basically just said, um, watch out, be on guard against greed, right? And we can do that as well. As Christians, I think we want to be kind. We want to be compassionate. We want, you know, we want to make sure we, we don't want to turn people away. We want to make sure we're giving people our time of day. And that's great. But as a Christian, you don't have to entertain every silly thing that comes your way. There are some conversations that are not worth it, especially if someone is trying to corner you. Jesus never allowed himself to be cornered. He was not scared of what of, of trying to slip up or people thinking the worst of him. What other people think was not his focus. We don't have to feel defined by the projections of other people. Our identity is in God, not what people are trying to push on us. Um, 
And we don't have to be cornered. We can just walk away. Jesus knew when to ignore. Even in his hometown, they were going to push him off a cliff. And it says that he walked through the crowd and went on his way. He ignored their rage. I like how they say this from gotquestions.org. Jesus knew how to keep his blood pressure in check and his eyes on the prize. What is the purpose of talking with somebody or of conversing with somebody? I am all for communicating and dealing with issues directly um, as opposed to, you know, putting things off and letting emotions fester. But you got to think about what is my purpose in talking to this person? Am I here to tell everybody everything I need to defend about myself and let them know that I am actually an amazing person? I'm way better than what they thought. I'm here to tell them why they were wrong. You know, is that the purpose of the conversation? Because that's usually not going to go well. You need to think, what is my purpose for this conversation? And when it's going downhill like that, you don't have to entertain all those things. You can, you can choose to walk away um, from, from certain things, especially when it's like gossip, slander, vulgarity. You don't have to entertain all that just because you're, you're a Christian. While I don't think as Christians we should be hopping on this cultural trend of cut, cut all the toxic people, cut everybody out of your life. I hate to see that on social media as a Christian, but we can set healthy boundaries. There are some things that are not good for us. And the Bible, you know, we are told that that's not for you as Christians. And we don't have to entertain certain things. Lastly, Jesus was not defensive. He, he was not always defensive. So many times when he was accused, he could have ended it in a second. Because he could have been like, look, I'm the creator of the world. Look what I can do. You were wrong. That wasn't why he was there, though. And he was he was able to just not always make everything about defending himself. You know, when you read the, the conversation between Jesus and Pilate, and Pilate said, so you are a king. What does Jesus say? He says, you say that I am. Jesus was oftentimes more interested in making a, a good impression on a person and, and, uh, cause, and, and, and wanting them to reflect on their lives. He, he, he had a bigger purpose in talking with people than just defending himself. So those are things that I just, I, I admire about Jesus when situations got tense. He knew when to ignore. He knew when to walk away. He knew that defending himself was not always, you know, the main purpose. It's, it's not, it's not the best productive way. Um, and he didn't allow himself to be, to be cornered. So I have a prayer that I wanted to say. Oh, and also real quick, I know this has been a really long devotional, but anger, we all feel anger. It is not a sin to feel anger. Jesus felt anger when he cleansed the temple. People had, had made it all about buying and selling animals um, for sacrifices. They were being ripped off, exchanging money in an unfair way, all these things. When his house was supposed to be a house of prayer and he was angry and he cleansed the temple, right? He put it, he, he put a stop to that. Um, we're allowed to be angry for what angers God. Things that anger God, right? Think of, of child abuse pornography. There's all kinds of things we know that anger God, and we're allowed to be angry that those things happen. What we are told, though, is to still love our enemies, to not let the sun go down on our anger, not letting it turn into bitterness, right? Um, and and uh, we're told to not sin in our anger is the main thing. So anger isn't always a bad thing, but we don't want to sin in our anger. We want to draw people um, to Christ. Jesus's anger was never about petty things or selfishness. It was only about what angered, angered God. Um, Jesus knew when to withdraw as well. 
He walked away many times and went to be alone with God. And that's a perfectly wonderful way for us as Christians to manage our emotions. So this prayer that I had, you can say it with me uh, where you are if you want. It says, Jesus, help me see you and everyone, even the people who challenge me. Light me up with your radiant love so that I may see you even in the most difficult of people. Every human being is made in your image. Help me to recognize you and love you in them. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.